ACAST. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hi, I'm Susan Offen. And I'm Laura Potter. And we're your hosts today for Pure Truth. And we want to welcome you to our podcast and thank you for listening. Today, our topic will be on the seven mountains of influence. And the mountain we will be discussing is arts and entertainment, also known as celebration. And our scripture for today is from Ephesians 5, 19. When you are filled with the Spirit, you are empowered to speak to each other in soulful words of pious songs, hymns, and spiritual songs, to sing and make music with your hearts attuned to God. Oh, that's good. All right, here we go. For the past several weeks, we have been doing a series on the seven mountains of influence that affect society. And today, as Susan just mentioned, we're going to discuss the mountain of arts and entertainment. And it can also be called the mountain of celebration. And before we get started, I want to do a quick review of all the seven mountains. They are media, family, arts and entertainment, economy, religion, education, and government. And we've already covered five of the seven mountains. Those are media, education, government, economy, and religion. The information we are discussing comes from Johnny Enloe's book, The Seven Mountain Prophecy, Unveiling the Elijah Revolution. And also Johnny and Elizabeth Enloe's book, Rise, A Reformer's Handbook for the Seven Mountains. They are both really great books that give a lot of relevant information on the things that we're currently dealing with. So the mountain of arts and entertainment encompasses many different things, such as arts, music, sports, fashion, and any any other type of entertainment. And as with all of the other mountains, Satan is the one sitting at the top, and he is controlling the narrative in every way. The evil he portrays is blatant, bold, in your face, and he doesn't care that we think it's evil. He will continue to push his narrative until we, God's ecclesia, put a stop to it. This is the mountain that hugely affects our children because of the things they watch, and it affects them deeply. We need to take this mountain out of the enemy's hands and place the ones that will declare the opposite of evil on the top of this mountain. Y'all agree with that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. We can do it. We will do it with God's help. And for the mountain of, inter- of arts and entertainment, we see God as creator. He is love displayed as glory. And Johnny says, this is the glory of God's creativity coming through humanity, through his children who are made in the image of their creator. And when we see the glory of God's creativity coming through others, it was meant to remind us that he loves us enough to give us a glory of our own. I love that. Mm. That's that's really cool. Yeah. So your glory is your uniqueness, the best version of yourself. And God put it there. You know, that's, that's good. What you're mm-hmm. known for and what makes you, you. When you found the best version of yourself, the you that God created you to be, you found your true glory. Mm. And when your true glory causes others to be inspired and entertained, you're expressing an aspect of God as creator. Mm. So let's talk about the Mountain of Arts and Entertainment and discuss how God meant for it to be. Okay, so 
What is the Mountain of Celebration? The Mountain of Celebration includes the arts, music, sports, fashion, entertainment, and every other way we celebrate and enjoy life. This mountain has so thoroughly been captured by Satan's hordes that most believers aren't sure it can even be possessed. Some aren't even sure this mountain should be taken. In the same way they view the media, they say, oh, it's all the devil and has nothing to do with saving souls. Right. But it can and will be taken. Mm -hmm. It must be taken because this mountain, it captures the hearts of our youth. Right. For several years of their lives, this is almost the only mountain that they care about. And from this position at the top, the enemy has been able to corrupt and thwart the destiny of entire generations. Wow. So each mountain seems to be of the utmost importance. This one is no exception. Right. And this is where creativity shows up, and creativity is extremely important to God. And you think about children when they're young, it's their creative ability that is just, you know, on a level 10, you know, out of one out of 10, it's a level 10. Right. And that's, you know, when they absorb the most, when they learn the most. Right. And you just think how much the the enemy has you know just inundated this whole area and you know you think about kids with tablets and phones now and and that's all a creative media that's going into their minds and and how much of an influence that has on them yes that's just huge right Right. like we you know years ago we would as parents we would say you know oh a movie's going to be a treat right Right. or a little time on the ipad on a game is a treat you know and now it's just living it all all the time every day yes you know, when we were kids, <laughs> back in the dinosaur back days, in the day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, we didn't even, we had the TV, but it was black and white, yeah. okay, wasn't even in color. You know, television was like on only in the evening times when my mom and dad would turn on the news to watch the news at five o'clock or something, or there'd be special programs on, you know, but it wasn't like... You know, it really wasn't on a whole lot in my house. You know, it was outside playing, pretending. Coloring books, chalk, All the arts and crafts and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, that was what we spent most of our time doing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I was a tomboy, so I was building forts. You know, (laughs) Riding my bike. I mean, as soon as the sun came up, I was up and out the door riding my bike. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Same. (laughs) And so, you think back back then too, those TVs, you know, you get the thin so ones now. small. They're, yeah, but, but and then they were big and fat. Yeah, you know, they don't have the little, oh yeah the thin ones like they do now. They mm-hmm. just come, you know. Right. You don't so even much. want to know what what our TV looked like. It had the antennas. Yes. Okay, because there was too. no cable or anything, right. and it was the antennas. And then if it didn't come in just right, you'd have to like stand there and hold it, and also yeah. you get a clear picture. <laughs> and you only had the local channels. You didn't have right. three hundred channels. Two and twelve. Up, right. <laughs> right. Right. There was only a few channels, right. and you didn't have movies that you could put in. It was just. Oh, we're streaming. looking forward to a, a special movie's going to be coming on, yeah. or the Charlie Brown special's coming on, you know, at different holidays, holidays right? right? So, I mean, it's just, now we're so inundated with it, and it's there constantly, all the time. Yeah. So you just know that if we could take this mountain, and we will, yeah. and when we take this mountain, can you imagine the influence that'll be going <laughs> into the hearts and the minds of the children right. at 
with using the technology, technology right. is not all bad. Right. It's there for a reason, and God allowed it to be created, but we just need to turn it into good instead of evil. Right. right. I mean, we're here today. and Right. Right. We're using media right now. Yeah. And I feel the Holy Spirit speaking to me, too. When we say, take this mountain, and this has been over the last few episodes, we've been saying, taking this mountain. And I heard Johnny Enlow talking about this. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily about taking the mountain. When you say that, you think of, oh, we're just going to, you know... We're going to beat everybody up and we're going <laughs> to kick them off. Kick them off. It, right. It's not about that. It is about just overcoming the enemy in our in the spirit realm, right? Right. And taking it away from the enemy. Right. And his influence over Replacing it. what is evil with good. Good. That's what we say when we say take the mountain. Right. We're not doing it, you know, we're not meaning it in a We don't have violent way. intentions. No. not rebelling. <laughs> right. But I right. felt the Holy Spirit saying, you know what, y'all have said that a lot, you need to clear that up. Yeah. It's always with the heart of God. It's always with, you know, discernment and... and love. 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 Mm-hmm. Walking alongside in love. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because that's the way that God does things. Right. He does everything in love. Mm-hmm. Yes. For our own good. This is for our own good. We That's need right. to take this for our own good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? God is initially introduced to us in Genesis 1 as creator. His essence is creative. Satan can't do that. He can only counterfeit what has already been created. Right. What looks like dark creativity is just a corruption or a prostitution of something God or originally created to be good. Every sexual deviance Satan has come up with, for example, is his attempt to sabotage the very good original gift God gave us. When we don't see that, we begin to reject God's good gifts because we only know the distortions of them. We are much poorer for it. That's like getting rid of all the $100 bills because there are so many counterfeits. Right. That does nothing to eliminate counterfeits. It only causes us to miss what God has given us. And the mountain of celebration affects and even creates popular culture. Those whose platforms reach millions are at the top of this mountain. Johnny writes that he hasn't covered other sources of entertainment, but they seem to be much lower down the mountain. Yeah. You are an ambassador, he says. You are in ministry, as well as we all are. Right. And as you are lit up with the fire of the spirit of Elijah, you can begin to release heaven all around you. Johnny says geographically, Hollywood is clearly at the top of the mountain. New York, Seattle, Las Vegas, San Francisco, and New Orleans also have altars close to the top of the mountain. If these geographical locations are not secured in the spirit by the sons and daughters of the king, they will receive very severe judgments. Yes, they will. And for New Orleans, the center of Mardi Gras and voodoo, Hurricane Katrina was an example. Johnny also says San Francisco has a sentence of judgment hanging over it, tied into being a homosexual hub of the nation, and maybe the world. Righteous judgments will assist us in retaking these geographical areas. The judgment will be a platform from which to call out for repentance. Many people have a problem with the idea of God releasing or allowing catastrophic judgments on cities, but he does. Yeah, They are an extension of his great grace. If he sees a city heading into hell, he will intervene and overturn the boat, right. even if lives are lost. Why? Because some could turn back and be spared. Yes. If they proceed to get back on the boat, he'll knock them over again in an attempt to save them before a final harsh judgment. Right. It's like he never gives up. He's saying, wake up. Come yeah. on, wake mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. When severe judgment saves someone from an even worse judgment, it's an act of grace. Some cities are known for forms of entertainment that shouldn't be saved, like Las Vegas gambling, 
for example, has no redemptive value. Right. There's not a Christian gambling alternative, just as there are no Christian prostitution alternatives or Christian strip clubs. Right. Some entertainment is fit only for elimination. Yep. The Lord and his sons and daughters work in all the cities mentioned above to bring his redemption to bear in those places. Wherever Satan comes in like a flood, there the Lord will raise a standard. Yes. He will work on our behalf of his active ambassadors in all places of darkness. Each city has the potential to turn around and become the spearhead of a special move of God. History itself tells us that. The Azusa Street Revival proceeded from Los Angeles beginning in April 1906. On September 23, 1857, Jeremy Lamphere rented a hall on Fulton Street in New York City, and he began a prayer movement that led to what some call the Third Great Awakening. Only six people came the first day for the lunch prayer time, and there was a slow, gradual increase until the stock market crashed a few days later. Within six months, the prayer movement had spread around the nation, and more than 10,000 were meeting every noon in the New York City alone. Wow, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it eventually jumped to other nations, too. That's going to happen again. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. God's shaking of cities and nations works hand in hand, with his people doing their part to bring about a kingdom revolution. Four days after the Azusa Street revival began, San Francisco experienced the infamous Great San Francisco Earthquake of 1906 that devastated the city. In New York, it was less than three weeks after Jeremy Lamphere began his prayer meetings that the stock market crashed. God's shaking assists his initiatives that are being activated by his children. At some point, however, a city can be so given over to sin that the Lord will instruct his children to leave that city before he sends catastrophic judgment there. Now I'd like to talk about music that prophesies. One of the definitions of prophesying in the original Hebrew is to sing. We know prophets would call for musicians to play. It would stimulate the naba, or bubbling forth by a musician. Another one of the words for prophecy in the Old Testament. Sometimes the song itself was a prophecy, or the prophecy could be bubbled forth by a musician. That's really neat, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Besides these factors, the scripture shows up yet another prophetic connection to the music and their ability to prophesy. In 1 Chronicle 25.1, it says, Moreover, David and the captains of the army separated for service, some of the sons of Asaph, who should prophesy with harp, stringed instruments, and cymbals. Not only can a singing voice prophesy, and not only does music stir the prophetic, but even instruments can prophesy. An instrument can bubble forth with the sound of heaven that releases a dimension of heaven here on earth. We see that during the dedication of Solomon's temple in 2 Chronicles 5, 11-15. And it came to pass, when the priests came out of the most holy place, and the Levites, who were the singers, stood at the east end of the altar, clothed in white linen, having cymbals, stringed instruments, and harps, and with 120 priests, sounding with trumpets. Indeed it came to pass when the trumpets and the singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Right. That the house, the house of the Lord, was filled with a cloud so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Mm. When all the prophetic instruments of voices, music, and instruments were united, 
the glory of the Lord descended and the musicians were overtaken by the glory. Amen. So cool. It is. It really is. This is the power of music when it's in the hands of God's children. Right. It can bring the glory of the Lord to earth, a literal physical presence that overtakes those in the flow of it. This particular instance of the glory descending was not in the course of a normal meeting, but during the celebration of the temple being finished. We are now, though rarely, accessing the glory of God that is available for us as we bring our prophetic instruments of the arts under the bubbling forth of the Spirit of God. This, of course, is why Satan wants to pervert and misinterpret music and worship. He can give lesser demonic or soulish highs through the counterfeit being released. Angry highs, lustful highs, sad highs, false hope highs, and revenge highs can also be released through a gift of God, music that is perverted and counterfeited. Right. Mm. Ultimately, the world needs music in order to feel something. The only thing worse than a counterfeit feeling is no feeling. That's good. One way or another, people will search for some kind of music that will touch something, anything other than the blandness of life without Christ. You know, the role of the prophet for displacing that Jezebel spirit on the mountain of arts and entertainment is huge. Like, it was the prophet Elijah who was Jezebel's avowed enemy, right? Yeah. Right. And his confrontation with her eventually led to her downfall. So it's a primary target for the Elijah revolutionaries to take this mountain that is presently releasing a dark and decadent pop culture. Like, when we take this mountain, every form of entertainment and celebration will prophesy God. Right. Right? Yes. Imagine that being a megaphone. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, music, art, poetry, fashion, and film, they're all meant to prophesy to our culture. They're supposed to be ever-changing, always advancing, because it's always on the move. We cannot prophesy with 500-year-old hymns. Right. Right? Right. With 100-year-old fashions. Exactly. Or, you know, peasant dresses. Right. Or any other art, you know, that doesn't carry something fresh and revelatory about God. Right. You know, I I have, because the Lord showed me, you know, the the title of my book, and and it was always, you go back to the Israelites, it's, he gave them fresh manna from heaven every day. It wasn't old, it wasn't stale, it wasn't leftovers. There was no leftovers. Right. And it was always fresh, fresh new things. And so even though it was the same thing each day, you know, to the Israelites, but it was fresh food. Right. And it couldn't be stored up because when you did that, it would become maggot infested. Exactly. And God was trying to teach them, you need to come to me every day for something fresh. Fresh revelation. Right. He does that to me too. Go ahead Mm -hmm. and finish. You were going to say something. No, I was just going to say that, you know, like even in the churches and stuff, and when you'd go, I I mean, it has been my experience in the past. You know, the pastors would basically preach the same sermons every year. They'd just recycle them. I know. And it would just be, you know, touched up here and there. But it's like, okay. It's not fresh. For it's the not Lord. fresh. I'm like, right. I'm, dude, I can pull out my bulletin from last year when they preached the same thing. Right. And it was like, tell me something new that I don't know. Tell me some fresh revelation from right. God that you receive from the Holy Spirit. Yes. That's what a pastor should be doing. Right. And I'm not trying to preach here, but it's just like that's what was my frustration that in church. Right. That's and what, so how you saw it. Right, right. Right. And I'm like, if I feel this, feel that way, though. I'm like, if I feel it, so do other right. people. So what were you going to say? I, I was just going to say that, you know, when I go to the Lord every morning, when I speak to him daily, mm-hmm. you know, we get so busy. You know, we, the three of us talk amongst ourselves, and I know mm-hmm. we're not the only ones that are busy. Everybody's right. busy. Yeah. Right. But there are times mm-hmm. that daily I need God, I have to go over with God my list of things, and I, I, he prioritizes mm-hmm. for me. 
This is what you need to do first. This is the revelation I need you to have for today to get the things done you need to get done. Because I'm over here thinking, oh, I got to get this done. He's like, no, that's not something I, I need you to stay fresh. Mm-hmm. You know, Get that information straight from me so I can guide you to do things every day. But I can't imagine going through not having that mm-hmm. I, did, I used to right I was, my, my, my mind was chaotic i was all it's over the place very chaotic mm-hmm. but i need that peace mm-hmm. i need his information his instruction his revelation his guidance that's showing me exactly what needs to be done that fresh revelation well you go through different things in your life too each day it's a whole new it's ball a whole game new day, right and right? and you, you're like you got to face new things and god has something for you each day right. that'll give you peace to get right. throughout that day exactly it's yeah, it's I, yeah. It's very important, and, and a distinguishing, you know, characteristic of anything that proceeds from God is that it is not stale or boring. Right, right. And as we keep moving with God, He continues to reveal and release fresh and creative sounds, pictures, and styles that you know the world can ultimately, you know, only be in awe of God when they yeah. see that. Right. So mm-hmm. Johnny says, on a scale from one to ten, the arts and music that we have modeled so far. And the world is about a two. Yeah. We got lo- lots Yikes. of work to do. We, do. we need lots of improvement. Yes. So Jezebel, meanwhile, continues to prophesy to an entire generation through her own dark and lustful counterfeits. Right. And Jezebel wasn't only a person that lived during Elijah's day. She is also referenced as a demonic spirit. Mm-hmm. And that's what's at work today. You know, Revelation 2.20 says, However, I have this against you. You have tolerated that woman Jezebel, who is a self-anointed prophetess, and who misleads my followers to commit immoral sexual acts and to eat food prepared for idol worship. While many of us have some kind of understanding that a worship service can bring some, some of the presence of the Lord, we may not know what to think of the performances of Christian music artists. Mm-hmm. Is this industry even acceptable to God? Or is it a virtual prostitution of God's gift? That's a good question. Johnny believes that the Christian music industry is perilously close to a slippery ledge that slides into Jezebel's camp. Right. On one hand, having its headquarters in Nashville puts it in a great position to displace the enemy, who produces its counterfeits there. Yes, it does. On the other hand, however, being in Nashville sets up its camp awfully close to a darker influence. Right. The difference is whether Christian artists are the influencers or the influencees. One is a vital role, the other is very dangerous. Something must be different. Otherwise, we end up with a Hivite product with Christian lyrics, a distant second on the desirability chart for teens or others to hear. I do believe that having Christian artists in the music industry can be a good thing. Any alternative to Jezebel that fills the airways is valuable. By and large, however, our musicians seem to rarely access the awesome, raw creativity of our God, but rather follow the world's cues about what is hip, cool, and cutting edge. Yep. Right. This means that the same influence behind Jezebel's music are allowed to influence ours, as though Jezebel could come up with a better product than God, who, is who created music. Who's creator? Come on. You guys, do you guys remember those um, cans of spray perfume it said if you like this you'll like this you know what i mean like yeah it was like these spray perfumes you could put on uh body spray right okay and it was like if you liked let's say estee lauder's beautiful or something then you'll like this it was right. comparable but you put it on it's like that doesn't smell like it right and it's not perfume 
You know, it doesn't smell like the real thing. Right. It's a knockoff. It's a counterfeit. Right. Right. And that's what just came <clears throat> popping into my head. You right. know, when we were talking about it, I'm like, I remember those sprays. Yeah. <laughs> I tried them and they didn't work. Fake. They're fake. Fake, yeah. <laughs> fake news. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, even when we do have a decent product, we tend to make a deal with the Hivites. For many artists, it's more important to receive honor from the world than to hear the approval of God. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what we're dealing with right now. Right. Yes. The central problem... Who's, who's your daddy? Right. Right. Who are you supposed <laughs> to get you trying to be? Yeah. Right. right. Who are you trying to get approval from? Not other people, for sure. Mm-hmm. The central problem is that most believers who have had a significant artistic gift have never had a real understanding of the kingdom of God and what we are called to do. Mm-hmm. God is releasing this Elijah revolution so there will be understanding of our assignment and our authority. Acts 2.7 repeats Joel's prophecy that says that in the last days I, God, will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Mm-hmm. A holy invasion of Elijah revolutionaries who know who they are and understand their assignment is coming up on this mountain. Yeah. Yes. They will not be talked into compromise with the Hivites or with Jezebel. They're in training right now. Right. Yep. They will ascend this mountain on a mission to displace every distortion and counterfeit of God's great gifts of pleasure that he means for us to have, even on earth. Right. There will be such a great grace upon these revolutionaries that they will be exalted even in the eyes of the Uh, world. Yep. Sounds beautiful. Yeah. New sounds and rhythms from God's house and his people will be broadcast over the airwaves of the nations and the world will know that this music is special. When that happens, secular artists will begin to take their cues from the kingdom of God as it manifests through his children. They will add their lyrics to our music rather than the other way around. Right. As it has been for much too long. Right. Even with the wrong lyrics, something of heaven will be released over the airwaves. Truly, we will see the sons and daughters of God take the top of the hill of music that's on the mountain of celebration. And as we discuss the various arts on the mountain of celebration, we will need to address the question of skill. Our local church has talked about this a lot as we've tried to come up with a balance. We don't want to prioritize skill over anointing, right? But But we also Mm. understand that if someone is really anointed in an area, then some level of skill should either be there or readily attainable. We don't want lazy anointed musicians and singers. Neither do we want musicians and singers who are skilled but lack the character of the spirit required. Right. Consider what David wrote in Psalm 33, 1-3. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise from the upright is beautiful. Praise the Lord with the harp, make melody to him and with an instrument of ten strings. Sing to him a new song, play skillfully with a shout of joy. There are other passages that let us know how important skill was during the reigns of David and Solomon. This verse is insightful in that he wanted a new song. Right. Prophetic music is always a new song, the bubbling forth from a prophetic flow that can surface when we are in deep place of worship with God. Yes. It kind of reminds me of you, like you talking about the sermons. They're fresh, they're new revelations. Yeah. It's the same with music. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We shouldn't have to be singing the same old songs over and over again. Right. We should have fresh words. Right. Yeah. Fresh songs, fresh lyrics, fresh tunes. Yes. Right. You know? So you're always looking forward to what's coming. Yeah. Right. And I know that in my time with the Lord, He's He shared with me several times that there is so many wonderful new things that He's waiting to release to a certain you know, a certain time, a certain mm-hmm. remnant, and that He's about to release some of those things. 
So fresh stuff's coming. Looking forward to it. We're just waiting. Yeah. We got to we got to get back on the top of this mount so he mm-hmm. can release it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah, and all, and like speaking musically wise, it's like you know either a chord playing or a symphony. You know, like mm-hmm. everybody has their part to offer. Right. And it That's just what comes makes it together in right. the most harmonious way. Right. Right. Yeah. Orchestrated. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. If we overestimate the value of skill and make it an idol, however, we can fill a worship team or a Christian band with natural excellence that's empty of the spirit of excellence. Right. Yeah. I'm not there for a show. I'm right. there to worship. Right. And I need real worship. Right. The Levites of Second Chronicles 5.11 were first described as those who came out of the most holy place before they were listed as skillful. The holy place is the first priority. The level of skill must not be detrimental to a good sound, but we will get a distortion of what God wants if we prioritize the wrong thing. The goal is to have skill, anointing, and passion, an abundance of all three. The greater the exposure God is giving us, the more we must be advancing in all three. If one is low, there should be more of the others. Even the world values passion and will overlook certain technical faults if the overall product is good. Their other value is sex appeal, which comes from Jezebel influence they are under. Mm -hmm. We need to be clear on this. Skill alone will never convince the world that we are plugged into a greater creative flow. Excellence will not, by itself, win or prove anything. We are looking for an it factor that is unexplainable and divine. The factor is the favor and anointing of God that may defy natural perceptions. It's the fingerprint of God on us that tells the world, hey, you need to listen to this. Mm-hmm. Right. This is what caused the people to realize these uneducated, ordinary disciples had been with Jesus. Right. It's also the stature and favor that Jesus had. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men, which is Luke 2, 52. Mm-hmm. If Christians are to be the lead domino in the world of music or any area of celebration and culture, we must have people who know their kingdom identity. Right. This identity is the purpose or mission of taking this mountain of celebration and arts and displacing the enemy off of it. If we know the specific enemy is Jezebel and her counterfeiting, perverting Hivites, we can climb this mountain wearing the appropriate armor. Mm. And that's why the enemy is attacking our identity, our right. children's identities. Right. 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 They're so confused, mm-hmm. yes. which is why we have all this stuff. Oh, when you know who you are and... You know your purpose. Right. And when you know your purpose, nothing's going to get in your way. You know, when when God shows us our identity and the mountain we're supposed to be pursuing, it's like, all right, get out of the way. I'm like right. a bulldozer, you yes. know, and I'm moving right. forward and I'm not going to let anything stop me. Right. If there's a whole different mindset. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's the, that's the evil enemy spirit of Jezebel, right? Mm-hmm. That, that confuses us. Right. Yeah. It just throws us. It's always just a lesser version. Right. Yeah. Yep. Got to find your true identity in God. Mm-hmm. That's right. Man, I'm comprising army. Arise and begin to move forward on this mountain. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yes. We okay. Need. All right. So that was music. We're going to talk about sports now. Sports. Okay. <laughs> sports that prophesy. Johnny gave an example of Indianapolis Colts head coach, Tony Dungy. He's an awesome guy. Yeah. I think there's a book out there. Oh, yeah. My, him, my right? husband read it. So yep. did, so he loves mine. Tony Dungy. Right. Mm-hmm. 
He raised the Super Bowl trophy in 2007, and he acknowledged that though he was glad to be the first African-American coach to win a Super Bowl, he was more satisfied with something else, that he and Bears coach Lovey Smith were both Christians who were glad to be able to model that the Lord's ways work, even in football. Right. Awesome. Much had been said and written about how different the coaching philosophy of these men was from previous models of coaching success. A good coach was someone who would cuss his players out, yell at them, get in their face, and through intense schemes, motivate his men to perform their best. Oh my gosh, you kind guys. Kind of like the military. <laughs> right. It is. I mean, very similar to it. Yes. You know, because like my husband played college, well, high school and college football. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And when when the know. coaches would yell and scream in their face and tell them that, and there's things that they would yell and tell them to think. Right. That my husband was like, What? <laughs> What? That's not the way I'm supposed to think. Yeah. That's not the way a Christian's supposed to think, right. you know. And it was just frustrating. He did his job and he did it well, but it was just like coaching styles make a huge difference in the success of a team. Yes, right. You know, and the yeah. bad coaching will cause the players to go in different directions. Right. They don't. They don't work well as a team together. Right. Or it won't bring their talent out of the right, players. Right. A good coach shut brings down that to talent help, out to yeah. help them win. Right. Yep. It's all about unity. You got to unify your your team. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Tony started the practice season by telling his players in an even, normal voice, "Men, pay attention because this is as loud as I'm going to get all year." Not only did these men model fruit of the spirit coaching, but Tony had to go through the very public suicide of his son the previous year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The testimony of his life combined with his coaching style made him a much greater ambassador for the kingdom of God than a host of TV preachers could. Yep. He displayed godliness and God gave him a platform to prophesy. Yes. Better yet, Tony didn't miss his opportunity to testify that there's a godly way to coach pro football. Right. All believers with sports platforms have a ministry. Most haven't recognized it, and most of those who have recognized it only see the opportunity as a platform for the gospel of salvation. If athletes are going to be able to say, I too have made a decision for Jesus, they missed the point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A champion boxer once was very vocal about being a Christian, even while he was having multiple affairs and marriages. No one on these mountains does any good by only talking of salvation. Right. What we need is those who are a model, the Lord's way, who understand that we must demonstrate a reality that far exceeds talk. I don't believe that this boxer failed just because he had moral issues. He failed because he didn't really know his godly assignment. Exactly. Our assignment is to demonstrate God's kingdom as a different way of doing things. Jezebel must be displaced from this mountain of celebration that boxer's life revealed that he was trying to love God while yielding to Jezebel. And that mixture just won't work. This man's presence on the mountain was counterproductive to the advancement of the kingdom of God. Tony Dungy and Lovey Smith serve as prophetic evidence of the principle of this book that Johnny wrote. Mm-hmm. That God is lifting his people to the tops of the mountains. Right. They are part of the latter day of Isaiah 2-2, when the Lord's house will be exalted Above all other mountains. Yes. They are spiritual pioneers with a breaker anointing to release an entirely new model of coaching to the world. Christian men of character, who are also good coaches, will now be in a higher demand than ranting, cussing coaches of the past. Yes. If you are a Christian of influence who is involved in sports, know that you were raised up and blessed by God to be a prophetic voice in and to your generation. You are not called to say, I keep my religion private. 
that would make you a salt shaker with no salt. <laughs> a Christian with no kingdom value. Mm, that's I good. love that. Those are Johnny's yeah. Salt shaker yeah, with no salt. Yeah. He's very creative. Yeah. It is incumbent on you to see that you've been placed on the mountain of celebration with an advancing kingdom purpose. If you don't see that, you have almost no hope of sustaining resistance against Jezebel. You must be taken over by the fire of the spirit of Elijah, or Jezebel will take you out. Yes. This is your ministry, your platform, your pulpit, not your secular life. Right. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good, Susan. You know, and I want to say on this mountain, you will be seen and heard by many people. I mean, it's arts and entertainment. People all around the world are going to know who you are. Jezebel knows this, and she craves power, so she wants to be in control of all the ones that are seen and heard, so she gets the attention. And because of this, she has seduced many people to her evil ways. We need to recognize what she's doing and put a stop to it. And I like what you said, Susan, about taking over this mountain by the fire of the Spirit of Elijah. If God has called you to this mountain and you have a platform that reaches many people, whether it's through music, sports, acting, podcasting, or whatever you've been called to do, do it unto the Lord. Honor the Lord. Give Him the glory. And you will be blessed beyond anything that you can imagine. And I think this is a really good place for us to stop. We will split this into two episodes because we have a lot more to cover regarding the Mountain of Arts and Entertainment. So please join us next week for part two. And we want to close with this scripture from Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And today's episode was edited by Caitlin Beck. Thank you so much, Caitlin, for all that you do for us. We want to once again reference Johnny and Lowe's book, The Seven Mountain Prophecy, and Johnny and Elizabeth in Lowe's book, Rise, a Reformer's Handbook for the Seven Mountains. Before you go, we invite you to please leave a written review anywhere you listen to this podcast. The more positive reviews we receive will lead to more listeners that God can reach. Also, please subscribe. We would appreciate it very much. We just want to thank you for listening and allowing us to pour pure truth into you today. And we would love to hear from you. So please email us at puretruthpodcast3 at gmail.com. All right. And please visit our websites. Mine is kathyzaka.com. Mine is laurapotter.us. And mine is susanoffin.com. And we hope you'll join us next time. And remember, live thirsty. Thank you, and may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may His face shine upon you and give you His peace. All right, until next time. Susan, Laura, and Kathy. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with ElectroCast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of ElectroCast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join ElectroCast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to ElectroCast.com and join our community today. ElectroCast. Transform your influence. Electric Acid. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Electric acid. Electric acid.